Hello and welcome to the Virgin Media Play Podcast. It's a new year and today we're joined by a very special guest, Aoife Dooley. Aoife is one of Ireland's fastest rising stars in the world of entertainment. Whether it's her brilliant animated miniseries Your One Nikita, her amazing and now award-winning books, or her stand-up, which has seen her grace some of the biggest comedy stages in the country. And so, to talk about all of that and much more, we sat down with Aoife Dooley. It is a growing CV. It is. I like adding to it. I just like doing something new every year. I like to kind of keep it interesting because I think if I'm doing the same thing all the time, I can get a bit disinterested. So I kind of like to keep a few things on the go. It makes introducing yourself to somebody difficult. What do you lead with? I don't know. The, the, the bigger it's getting, the more I'm kind of like, but I just say that I do one thing because I hate to like when people go, oh, what you do? And you're saying, you're listing off like loads of things. You sound a bit like, you know, up yourself. I think in a way, if you're, if you're going on going, I do this, 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 and this. So, um, yeah, I just say that I do like illustration, write and illustrate books and do comedy. That's the kind of like more condensed way of saying it, like without kind of sounding like you're full of yourself. I suppose the illustration is what a lot of people would first come across yeah. you for. Yeah. And also, I suppose it's the first thing that you really started with, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I would have started with illustration in 2000 and would have been around 2014 that I started doing freelancing. And uh, I was still in college at the time as well. So, um, yeah, I was freelancing while I was in college and then left college and uh, was working in a few agencies and then decided I want to do uh, comedy as well. So it was, yeah. When did you first realise that, you know, illustration was actually a career possibility? Um, It's a funny one because I always loved illustration, like especially in school, like I was really interested in art. I wasn't interested in anything else really. I wasn't really good at anything else to tell you the truth. But um, it was only when I went to college and... I started looking up like different illustrators like you know like in in Ireland and like worldwide and like then realizing okay this is actually something that I can do as a career like even though I was studying graphic design and I would have been studying it like for six years so I decided to kind of take uh, a design route but a different kind of route then um but yeah you can definitely make a career of it but it's um one of those kind of ones where you definitely have to persevere like it's not going to just come straight away you're not going to like just you know, go out after college and, you know, be like um, a well-known illustrator. So you have to kind of build on it and, you know, network and keep in touch with people and, you know, go to conferences and all these kind of things. And I find that was a big help in the start as well. Like, so. Right. And so, I mean, obviously that's kind of how you start out. When did the break arrive, so to speak? Oh, um, it's a funny one because it's, there's always like kind of little breaks that lead up to kind of bigger breaks. So, um, I would have entered um, loads of exhibitions while I was still in college. Um, even if I thought that I still wasn't good enough, I still entered them anyway in the off chance I might get kind of, you know, I might be part of it. And uh, the, the first big thing that happened was I was doing an exhibition with uh, Dan Fine Print and it was um, Sounds Dan Fine. And that was in 2014, I think it was. And basically, I just submitted a piece and it was meant to be like 30 illustrators, um, 30 pieces and 30 prints of each. And it was all kind of like surrounding like, you know, um, typography and lyrics from from different songs. So I picked a David Bowie one and it was a Let's Dance and illustrated that. And it got picked for the exhibition and they sold out in the night. So that was quite shocking that I was still in college. But yeah, everyone had like bought my piece and had sold out. So that kind of was where it began. And then because someone seen that, I got a job, a freelance job um, through an agency to do uh, more of that type of work. So it's kind of just... Um, 
it's like a domino effect almost like when you put yourself out there like so you don't know who's going to be looking at it so you know after that job then I would have got another one like it and it just kind of starts building up and building up and it's the same with books as well like you know once kind of you, you get your name out there and you have a few under your belt that kind of thing it's it, there's like that kind of um just stepping stones for everything like so there wouldn't be like a big break as such like I still feel like I'm working towards that like even though I know that I've achieved so much and I'm delighted but I still feel that there's more to be achieved if that makes sense of course yeah yeah how does social media impact that because as you say you put something out there you don't really know who's looking at it yeah. that's especially true when you're talking about Facebook and Instagram oh, which I know played a big part in your early yeah. career yeah Twitter was great for when I was starting out first that's where I would have got like a lot of my work and it was just so easy to reach out to people and it was just so easy to get in touch with people as well so I just followed all the agencies got in touch with like magazines to do editorial work and that's kind of how I would have really started out first but um yeah like social media definitely would have been played a huge part in like my work as well like so god knows what if I'd be doing the same thing now if there was no such thing as social media if that makes sense so it's kind of like yeah like like Facebook would have been great for like my Nikita stuff and then Instagram and you know it it definitely kind of all all the platforms I've used I've used um have helped me in some way shape or form like so it's you know it, it's 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 great and then um also when I was starting out in comedy I, I would have started out that way as well like so I would have been working in an agency and um I remember I, I I was leaving to work on my second book and my boss turned around to me and he goes oh you should try stand up comedy like I think you'd be good at it and so I did and uh, I, I just applied for my first gig in Cherry Comedy and I posted it on Twitter and I was like oh god I just I just applied for my first ever like stand-up gig what am I have to get myself into and within like five minutes PJ Gallagher messaged me to ask if I wanted to open five minutes on the show and literally I done my gig in Cherry Comedy done PJ's gig his agent seen me and I find that like when stuff like that happens that's the way it goes so I don't even have a chance to kind of let it kind of sink in I just half the time I don't even know what I'm doing I really no I really don't and I just go and do it and see if I like it because the worst case scenario is you'll end up looking like an Egypt but I've looked like an Egypt half my life so that's something that doesn't really kind of like scare me like I'm not kind of so conscious about what people think if I make a mistake or you know that kind of way so well, let's slow it down a little bit and rewind yeah, sorry I then. talk an awful lot like I do I, I ramble on I literally talk I talk all day to you like so like if I if I'm talking like for too long definitely stop me if you want to ask me no yeah. no no we'll come back to that idea in a second but I do want to ask you about Nikita because you okay. mentioned her there for a lot of people I suppose it was probably the first time they'd really come across your work and I mean it's so quintessentially Dublin so quintessentially Irish people fell in love with it immediately how long had that character been kind of knocking around in your brain when did you have the ideas and I think I know where you get the inspiration yeah, so it was basically when I was in Colossia Dulig, it was 2011 because I finished there in 2012 and I was in a, I was finishing my final, I was in my final year and I just started basing my work around the north side and it was kind of around then that I really started focusing on it and the characters were always kind of still, like I have drawings of Anto from like literally Colossia Dulig, but like it wasn't, the character just wasn't kind of formed then if that makes sense. Same with Nikita and I just continued on doing that when I went into um, uh, DIT as well. And I noticed that not many people were doing anything like that at the time, like with illustrations. So it was just something that I enjoyed. And uh, I just, yeah, basically I just, I just started kind of um, 
by making little kind of like a guide to the north side and south side and it would have like you know how to kind of like you know survive in the north side how to survive in the south side and those kind of things so that's where it would have really really started off like that like clash of Dooley, definitely i mean it, it kind of uh slots in alongside the likes of ross carl kelly and what a complete ashling like we do like to poke fun of ourselves oh yeah absolutely like you have to like it's um you know i think that's part of our uh uh, our history is just taking the piss isn't it but it's uh no like I, I just kind of I just wrote about things that like I found relatable but like kind of like just pinpointed it in kind of like Dublin humor and um it just translated it then really well and people got the humor which I was really shocked about to be honest because um most of the people who only liked my stuff on on Facebook and stuff at the time were like my friends and family so when um, people did start to relate to it and tag their friends in it and, you know, things that I'd post, like, that was kind of... It was overwhelming at the time, but it was really kind of crazy to watch it kind of, like, grow in that way because I didn't expect something like that to ever come from it, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, of course, at this stage, it spans two books. Yeah. TV series. Yeah. It's kind of strange how far Nikita has taken you, isn't it? It is strange, and it just keeps, like, you know, there's, there's more surprises, like, popping up here and there as well. It's just kind of... It's one of those things that, like... When you think that, like, oh, maybe it's kind of, you know, dying down now. Something else happens. It's, 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 yeah, it's mad. I particularly want to ask about the animated series, which is on the RTE player. It's called yeah. Your One Nikita. Was that a slightly surreal experience to see it brought to life in that way? Yeah, it was brilliant to see it being brought to life in that way because I wanted people to see what the characters are really like and, you know, what they've done in their everyday life. And it was really cool to see them being brought to life. Even just something simple, like with the backgrounds of the houses, it kind of puts it into kind of perspective, like where they are, like and who they are and what they're about. And uh, it was great to just work with a team of people, really, because I work by myself at home, like pretty much like like all the time. So it was cool to work with an animation agency and then the different voiceover artists. So we got like uh, Emmett Kieran, uh, Jen Hatton, um, Enya Martin was in it as well and uh, then Al Foran done a few voices so it was really cool like it was yeah it was really exciting like homegrown comedy is one area where we always seem to be punching above our weight and you of course then was it around that time started moving into stand-up yeah it was basically my first ever ever gig was in 2014 and it wasn't even like a gig gig it was like it was a, 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 a advertising agency Christmas party and I got asked if I wanted, literally, like, I got asked if I wanted to do five minutes and they had other, like, professional comedians in there. And I just went up and done five minutes and then after everyone was like, oh, when's your next gig? Oh, I'd like to go. And I'm like, I'm not a comedian. And that kind of freaked me out a bit that I was like, oh, that was just, I, I just thought that was too easy to just get up there. And people thought it was, that was just weird. I was like, no, I'm going to just kind of, you know, continue doing illustration for a while. And then it was only in 2017 it was mentioned to me again loads in that year. I was like, okay, I'm just going to give it a go and see how it goes. And if I enjoy it, I'll keep it up then, you know that way. But um, it's, yeah, I'm, I am enjoying it now. I find it's kind of one of those things that it's, um, for me, like a lot of people go, oh, jeez, how would you do that? Like, I wouldn't be able to do that. It's kind of like when you get up, uh, look, I've never skydived now, but I imagine this is what it's like when you're going to skydive, but you're absolutely breaking it. And then when you jump out and then you land on the ground, you're like, oh, that was actually, that was good. That was actually good fun. And that's kind of the way it is. Like when you're going in to do a gig, you're really nervous at first. But after you get off, it's literally like the adrenaline you feel. So I get rid of like loads of energy as well by doing that. So it's good as well. So well, people also talk about getting bitten by the bug that like once you do it the first time, you just cannot wait to go again. 
oh, I don't know about that now. Like, I'd be nervous for, like, most of my gigs, but I suppose that shows that I care about it, like, so that's a good thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd be really anxious before gigs. Now, I wouldn't be getting sick or anything like that. I wouldn't be that anxious, but, like, I'd be kind of, you know, I'd have to practice before going, and, you know, I'd be running all of my notes in my head. Like, I make sure that I'm prepared for every gig that I do because I never, I know I'm so lucky to be getting the gigs, you know, that kind of way, so I don't take it for granted, you know, when I am doing them, so. It's funny that you mentioned I kind of. I was a gig with a kidney, kidney stone once. I, do, I was part of a competition and I still went in and I had a kidney stone still in me. I had the pains and everything. Don't know how I'd done the gig. Didn't get through to the next round, but I, I don't know anyone else who'd done a gig with a kidney stone still in them, so I'm committed. Yeah, that that that's <laughs> that sounds like a tough one. Yeah, oh, it was. It was. I don't know what I was doing, to be honest. I don't know why I did it. I should have just cancelled it. Comedy, in a way, is just, it is kind of, you know... Um, so it, it can be a solo kind of thing as well. So, like, I, I'd do my kind of sets on my own and... I'd incorporate some of my illustration in it as well, but um, it's yeah, it, it is different, but uh, it's it's more I suppose social in the sense that like when you do go out to gigs, you're talking to other comedians and you know you're chatting to them and you know you're watching them gig as well, like so it is quite social in that kind of sense. And I've had no kind of trouble with anyone either. Like I seem to kind of you know get on well with like most people, so I enjoy kind of going out and meeting up with the same people at the gig because you know because Ireland's so small that you know most of the people at the gig so I was going to say it always yeah, seems like nice, a tight knit community it is a tight knit community definitely like so who who are your pals within it then who who are, who are your or who are your favourites if you can play favourites who are my favourites oh god I don't want to get myself into trouble now um, well one of my favourites uh, would definitely be Brian Gallagher because um, it's, it's actually really funny how we met we just met randomly in a pub after I was at a gig and I was at the bar, and I just turned around to him, I was like, hello, and he just goes, hello, and we just started talking, and it uh, turns out we were both comedians, so we've been friends ever since, and he, he's really good. Um, I like uh, Justine Stafford as well, uh, Richie Bree, and oh, there's just so many people to name, like it's, you know, I think everyone in their own kind of way is kind of has something to bring to the table, if that makes sense, it's kind of, you know, everyone's good in their own way if that makes sense so it's hard to kind of pinpoint but they're the people who'll be really kind of supportive and, and what, like from from my kind of uh, view anyway like they've been showed nothing for but support for me like starting out so so i mean i suppose let's even broaden that scope a little bit because between the illustrations the books the stand-up etc you know there's a, there's a lot of inspiration required i suppose yeah where do you end up looking what what do you enjoy watching listening to um, I, I'd, yeah, so for, like, it, I take inspiration from most things, so it'd be kind of, like, for the Nikita stuff, like, I'd take inspiration from where I'm from, my boyfriend's family, uh, my friends and people I've grown up with, like, and the funny thing about the whole Nikita stuff is, like, I remember when I brought it out at first and with social media, it can be good and bad, like, a lot of people just assume that I was from Dublin 4, which is gas, I don't know why, I think it's probably because I didn't wear a tracksuit and I knew how to use a computer, which is ironic, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know why they um, assumed that. But it was kind of yeah, forty. But sorry, I'm going off on tangent again. I'm f- after forgetting what you have to ask me there. But basically, yeah, it's um, now go on. What you have to ask me? Just in terms of what sort of stuff you watch or listen oh, sorry, to for sorry, inspiration. Yeah. yeah. So it's <laughs> oh my god, I I go off on some tangents. I'm really sorry. So, Please, uh, it makes a great podcast. Ah, I, I know. Yeah. But um, so yeah, it's kind of like with that stuff. It's it's funny because I was taking inspiration from where I was from. But yeah, people were like, "Oh no, you can't be from there because you know you're you're not you don't look like someone who's from there." That kind of thing. Um, so sometimes it can be kind of like funny when you're like using the inspiration from where you're from. Like it doesn't sometimes it doesn't land well with certain people if they're not from that kind of like uh, background. 
Um, but other inspiration, like, take stuff from why, like, my favourite TV show, without a doubt, like, 100% is, oh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I absolutely love that show. And I I just love the humour in it. And I just don't know how they're able to get away with half the stuff they are. <laughs> like, I think it's just because they're meant to be all, like, bad people. But I just think it's just a great... Uh, is premise the word? Yeah. A great premise for a show. I just think it's brilliant. So um, I like that kind of style of humour as well. And I try to bring that into, like, my comedy. And, you know, it's not so much about the shock factor, but it's more so about kind of relatable things that people are probably embarrassed to talk about. So, you know, those kind of things. So, And then other than that, then... It'd be like, you know, books and just anything really. It could be like even just walking to the shop and I see something funny and I'm like, oh, I can work with that and kind of, you know, bring this into like my comedy or, you know, that way. It could be just the like littlest things um, because I'm always watching everything. So that brings us neatly back to when you were talking about the fact that you can keep going. You can't go on tangents sometimes. Oh, yeah. That must help, though creatively especially when you've got a couple of different plates spinning it does it does help and it, it's a uh, i hate to say it but it, it it's great for when i'm talking to people and so if someone sometimes asks me a question i'm not too sure what they're asking me i will ask you know oh can you explain but then sometimes if i'm talking about like myself or i'm talking I'm, I'm able to talk very well about it like so I'm, a- I'm able to talk about my work very well and like what i do very well but like outside of that, like I definitely would struggle in talking about like anything else. I think I'm just so used to talking about what I do that I find it really easy and I can kind of like, you know, fill it out. So if I'm going in to give a talk, I'd talk for the hour and I'd talk no bother. I'd probably even talk for longer. But that's just because I love talking. I think that's all it is. I just I just love for like I just love having a chat and uh, for anyone who will listen to me for that long. Like so it's yeah, it does help for comedy and then for like, you know, definitely um when I'm talking to people and I'm meeting them and stuff like that, like it's, yeah, I have loads to say, even if I, I've only just met them, so. And of course, the latest thing that you can mention is a award-winning author. Yeah, it's mad. Probably didn't happen the way you might have imagined or pictured it, I'm guessing. No, definitely not. Um, I wasn't expecting it at all. Um, it was really funny because I was shortlisted for uh, the Game Changer Award for the Irish Tatler magazine and... Um, Basically, I, I got dressed, I got my nails done, I got my hair done, got all this stuff done, went in, and um, I can't remember, someone, someone else had won then, and I was like, oh, jeez, I'm at the dressing up, I'm putting tan on for nothing and all, and uh, then when I went to the, um, it was the on, on Post Book Awards, I literally just wore a dress that I wore to my graduation a couple of years ago, literally just didn't put nails on, I didn't, I just kind of just went kind of like casual, I went in and I wasn't expecting it at all. Like I just, yeah, it was so bizarre, and it was just, it was just funny because I did, I felt like I didn't really put any effort in to go now because I was just like, ah, it's grand. I'll just go for the meal, nice meal, like the lucky bag or the goodie bag that you get given. So when they were like coming coming around to the the shortlist and calling out the names, like I just when they called it out, like I literally, I was just so shocked. I still don't believe it. I haven't even had time to let it sink in. It's so weird. But it's, um, yeah, no, it's definitely, um, I'm delighted that I've won something like that for my books, you know. Yeah. I feel kind of almost like Dell Boy a bit because I've won, like, you know, Children's Book of the Year, but it's a counting book, like, from one to ten. So it makes me sound fancier than I am, if you know what I mean. So, like, that's why, yeah, so uh, that's why I like it. So it's like, you know, I'm an award-winning author, even though it's a one to ten book. So, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. It seems like a typical question to close an interview, but for you, it's not. What's next? What What do you have on the burner right now? 
Um, well, I'm definitely working on um, season two of Your One Nikita. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. And um, yeah, I, I we're going to be bringing out like episodes like next year. So um, the first one should be out early next year. So we're just kind of starting to work on that now. Um, there's possibly another book lined up. And I want to try and get another one lined up for next year. I'd like to get an hour set of comedy for next year and hopefully see if I can kind of open up for someone in Vicar Street or something, maybe towards the end of the year. Um, and then, yeah, I just want to kind of see see what else I can do. I want to write another TV show as well. Um, I haven't done that before, so I'll just like, kind of do a lot of research around that and jump in and do something like that too and uh, just pitch it and see where it goes. So, yeah, I just yeah have a big plan of things that I want to achieve, but um, they're the kind of smaller kind of ones for early in the new year to get me set, kind of set up. Aoife, thank you so much for being here on the Virgin Media Play podcast and to everyone listening. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe and we'll be back again soon. Until then, take care and stay entertained. Yeah.